Welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Robinson. Today we have Matt Glidden and Rafiq Shaheen. So normally I would be like, hey, how's everybody's comedy weekend? But this weekend we all had the same week. Well, not the same weekend, but, you know, we yeah, experienced it differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys actually switched venues, right? Yeah, we switched venues and did the social which is a way cooler venue. I was going to say, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Did too, so you've got the perspective for both. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, it was the so for people that don't know, of course, which is everybody um, this weekend. I did my first headlining weekend for Bonkers. Finally, mm-hmm. um, which I think Bonkers. Well, I guess off the hook, off the hook would be the last club that I haven't really um, worked with. Um, but for Bonkers, this was my first headlining weekend for Bonkers, which was a long time coming because i i've actually never featured at bonkers do you mean like chain wise or do you just mean like I mean, are you f- counting like like all the improvs or are you talking about like no i mean in florida okay. in florida just in florida so i've i've done all the improvs in florida okay i've done zanies been on McCurdy's. Done... i've been zanies this is zanies in florida i believe there was at least before the pandemic oh i didn't know there was a zanies in florida i know there's not one in yeah. orlando or anything maybe miami no, yeah. not one of my Isn't Miami. the closest one, like, Nashville? I don't know, but I, th- I thought, yeah, I thought Zanies was far. No, I, th- so there was, I I believe <laughs> the sequence of events was, it used to be Groucho's. Okay. And then I think Zanies bought them out. That must have happened really recently, because I worked for Groucho's within, like, a year ago. Or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. I'm pretty uh, certain there's a Zanies in Florida, <laughs> but somebody can Google it. I'm and, looking it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pulling it up on maps to see where the closest one is. Yeah. Zanies now I'm curious. Comedy Club. I know Chicago is where like the big Zanies is. Yeah. See locations. The nearest one. Yeah. The nearest one. Drum roll, please. Uh, Zanies Comedy Nightclub, Tennessee. That's the nearest one to us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got Probably one. explains why I haven't been booked by them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, there's only a couple other ones. Yeah, where are the other ones? Uh, this one looks like right on the cross. No, it's Illinois. Oh, okay, yeah, Illinois. yeah, yeah. I yeah, think Chicago is yeah. a big one. Chicago, yeah. Tennessee. I don't have any other ones. But anyway. I've only seen two. Yeah, yeah. So I had so and back back to our previous conversation about like comics burning bridges and complaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done hosting for Bonkers. Um, for I I'd hosted for Bonkers I think three times. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to feature, and I was like, I only hosted for Bonkers as a audition type of thing. Yeah. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be hosting for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to feature, I just wasn't getting booked as a feature, mm-hmm. um, and which was frustrating. But instead of taking it personally and being like, "Hey, comedy group." Guess who I am, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm upset about. Never going to do you any <laughs> it good. never does any good. Yeah. And then, you know, recently, because um, I had, thank you to uh, Dean Napolitano, Ken Miller, and James Young, who all vouched for me mm-hmm. um, for Bonkers. And so this was my first weekend. We did uh, The Corner in downtown Orlando, and then the second night was at the... Crap, what was that one called? The Social. The Social. Yeah. Yeah, downtown. Same venue. <coughs> they just have two two big rooms on either side it's actually a big ass venue when you think about it yeah because it's both big rooms on either side of each other so 
the night I uh, did the guest set for you, it was clearly like a club waiting to become a club, but that also happened to do comedy beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> Is the social also like that, or yes. was the Social's social? Like that. Is it really cool, man? Yeah, they've got like a they've got like a den style drop down seating area mm-hmm. that goes up to the stage, so okay. you're very raised. It was really cool. Yeah, so the people the people that are uh, like on the higher level are kind of eye level to you when you're mm-hmm. on stage, mm-hmm. and then the other people are like foot level, like they're right. down in a in a recess in the ground. Right. <laughs> Some of them close enough to, to reach, yeah, your reach. Feet. Yeah. Right. It just so happened those weren't the best people to be yeah. that close to the stage either. Yeah, I saw one video of like a drunk getting thrown out I or something him. like that. Yep. Or, yep. Yeah, she yeah. flicked Chris off. Yep, <laughs> on the way out. <laughs> so shout out to uh, Josh Silver, who's the host. Yeah. And uh, Dwayne Williams, who featured, which was actually really healthy for me, because mm-hmm. Dwayne Dwayne had a better set than I did both nights. Mm-hmm. Dwayne killed. Yeah, he both did nights. great, and he um, handled that girl real well too, because yeah. she got up on stage and tried to talk in the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, before like you physically got up. Yeah, she physically got up. Yeah, she physically got up. Yeah, not in a threatening way. She wasn't like coming at him just or anything, hammered, but she wanted and... to participate. And this is not that type of art form. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she 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 tried to snatch the microphone out of Will's hand. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. physically gripped it and wouldn't let it go. Yeah, and then she wrestled with him for it, and then he finally <laughs> let her have it. And then Security she said came she, and she brought her down. slurred and like just slurred and babbled into the microphone for a second, and the security came and got her down. He handled it as I, well as you possibly could have yeah. handled it. Yeah. I'm I'm. <clears throat> So from what you're describing in the video that I saw, <laughs> I'm surprised she was allowed to stay long enough <laughs> for Chris to get on they're, stage. They're, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, after getting on stage, you would think that would be the last straw. But I think because it was a ticketed show, they were trying to give her a couple other chances. Her friend was sober. How many more chances do you need other because than it, got on stage know, while I the know. comic was up there? <laughs> like, but she kept going, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll, st- I'll sit down, I'll be quiet. I won't. And then... Chris gets up and she's at it again, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I start, so I, I started with her. So I, I immediately, the second I got on stage, mm-hmm. I just addressed her immediately. Okay. And then she kept going back and forth, and then they got her out of there. So you went into your yeah. drunk white girl material. Yeah, yeah, I went into my <laughs> drunk white girl <laughs> And you started <laughs> it. Because you're like, this is perfect. Yeah. Right example. <laughs> um, but no, th- this, so this weekend was actually really, really good for me. Mm-hmm. Because I've been not in my personal life, but I've been kind of depressed comedy wise, like the last few months mm-hmm. just because I haven't. So when I finished my album, mm. I had it in my head that within a year I was going to be ready to do my next album. Cause when I was working on my album, I was writing so aggressively that at that pace at a year, yeah, I'd have an hour and a half by now. Mm-hmm. Right. I f- recorded the album and have written almost nothing since then. Man. <laughs> I've just it, been touring that same material. You've, right? So hard. you felt stagnant, and that's yeah. kind of what put you in yeah, the I felt like comedy the, depression. Well, in, this, yeah, in this past year, I've probably written, I probably have a new 20 minutes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is decent. But I'm so, I know for a fact, had I continued aggressively writing at that pace, I'd be ready to do another album right now. It, it's hard because, like, especially, like, in this art form in comparison to, like, music or, like, any other, like, v- visual media, it's, like, you're literally digging up a well 
and you like you're like aha we've struck the mother load yeah. there's plenty of water for everyone and then that water gets used up and it's like oh shit i got to dig another well <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. i got to yeah. start all the way back over from the beginning mm-hmm. and find the thing that generated the like whatever in me and that's it you know it's a hard thing for a, a human to do let alone yeah. you know in this industry where it's like Oh, 2022 to 2023. Do you have a brand new version of you to display to everybody? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's it's weird because the so my goal for this year. So I did the album and I was like, all right, now that I've done my album, I need to be strictly at least a feature or a headliner. I cannot go around, mm-hmm. you know, doing host gigs unless it's like like I host pineapples and stuff because that's like our local show. Yeah. Right. But other than that, I don't host anymore. Um, and the funny thing is, is we're halfway through the year and I don't feature anymore for the most part. I'm yeah. headlining everywhere. Yeah. So professionally, I've hit a goal that was even higher than I had planned on hitting this year mm-hmm. already. And we're only halfway through the year, but just creatively, I felt like shit. Like, I've been going up at Pineapple, like I said, for like the last three months, I've been going up at Pineapples and other shows and having really good sets. I mean, I, I'm probably 50-50 on half of them are a good set and half of them I murder up there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like shit every time I leave. <laughs> just because it's not... Material? It's not material. I'm just yeah. going up there doing crowd work. And at this point, going up on stage and doing well with crowd work is meaningless like yeah. it's now I, I have proof of concept yeah i can go up on stage and if i have a 15 minute set i can kill yeah it, you know so you, what it's, it's still a good muscle to train yeah but at this point you're not if we're still using that metaphor you're not using enough weight yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean or, ch- or you need to change exercises which is writing and using material metaphor actually because because yeah. like, now because what i'm figuring out now is i now got to figure out what i want to say mm-hmm so I'm I'm at the stage where like getting the laugh is soul crushingly boring at this point. No. Yeah. And it's like, all right, now what do I want to say and how do I use the tools that I've built to now no, go out I, and make I, my mark on the world, I guess. I get that. There there's like a there is a certain point where like if you've been if you have been doing this long enough or at like a high enough level mm-hmm. where it's like I know I can go out there and crush with this, but you also <clears throat> kind of look at that as like creatively boring or like emotionally boring. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like I like for me personally, it's like I know I can go up on stage and crush for like 15 to 20 minutes with like a bunch of like black humor being like, oh, I'm, you know, black people do this. Why? And it's like <laughs> I would rather put a gun in my mouth then crush that way yeah. <laughs> but at the same point in time too it's like pay is pay so like mm-hmm. if you need a feature to just crush like hey man sign me up <laughs> you feel like you're but, fishing like, with grenades <laughs> yeah <laughs> right because you know because there are there there's are stuff s- that works yeah there's stuff that i go there's stuff that i have in my like bandolier now mm-hmm. that like i am more surprised when it doesn't work than when it does yeah to be like like if it doesn't work it's like oh what's wrong with you mm-hmm. like they yeah. like do you not know any black people <laughs> like is that what happened to you or like <laughs> <laughs> so since you crush with crowd work do you have 
any material written that you haven't tried on stage yet? Or even like just very, premises? Very rarely. Um, there might be a few things that I've written very recently, like in the last week that I haven't tried on stage yet. Because what I've been doing now is I write this stuff and then I get on stage and it, it usually works first time. Yeah. Then it's just a matter of fine tuning it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then figuring out where it fits like in my set. Are you recording every time? No, I, I I never record, which I should, but yeah. I never, like ever, Even ever, if ever. you, I think Jimmy does just audio recordings, just so he can hear yeah. his joke and the laughter. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you, you crush with crowd work, so you open with crowd work and get them on your side right away, and they're more open to whatever premise you're throwing out there, and you can kind of play with it. And which crush actually. Crush with one of your closers, you know? You've only ever, not, now that I'm thinking about it, that was probably your first time seeing me do like yeah. a bunch of my material. Yeah, and I've heard most of it in yeah, pieces on and at off, Pineapples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So. But that was really cool to see that full, you know, 40 like minute act. stretch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I'm trying to get to, and that was the other thing. It was, it, it's a lot of pressure because I forget how long an hour is. Yeah, that can be a you know? weird yeah, thing. Yeah. Because when you're when you're running around do, so when you're when you're headlining the smaller things, you're doing 40 minutes. You know? Yeah. But when you headline like this weekend I only did 45 minutes cuz I had that's how you had left. guest spots yeah. and we had a hard out, you know? Yeah. Um but I have to also make sure that I'm sharp in terms of a f- doing a full hour. Mm-hmm. Cuz that extra 15 minutes is a big difference that's yeah, all like, alien and intimidating as fuck to me dude like <laughs> i'm just trying to build a potential feature set i think i i think i've hit the point where i probably have 15 but i haven't tried a solid 15 yet i've been doing 10 minutes on spots mm. 15 like i said i could do 15 but until i've tried it and i button everything up and everything flows into itself i don't know for sure that i have 15 but it, what do you need to feature? 20, well, you did 25? a great job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 20, thank 25. you very much. Yeah. I, I would good. argue 25 to 30. Because yeah, so, yeah. So like, a, like a feature is usually somewhere between like 15 and 30. Mm-hmm. And like a headline is usually somewhere between like 30 to an hour. Yeah. 45, like 45, to an hour. Yeah. 45 to an hour is like kind of the middle zone. But in order to headline confidently, you need about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, let's say... Let's say you walk into a room and it's all elderly people. There's going to be whole sections of your act that aren't going to work mm-hmm. with those elderly people. So you need enough material or you walk into an all black room. Right. There's going to be whole <laughs> segments of your material that may not necessarily work in that room. So like any of my bits that have the N word in it, I should probably. Yeah, no, you can't. Yeah, that's, that's like a good 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was so surprised. The first time I saw Matt just come up, he's like, what up, my neck? Like, <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? This is live. <laughs> Matt does not do that. <laughs> How great would it be yeah. if he did that? The, <laughs> the thoughts and opinions of Matt do not reflect the funny style <laughs> podcast. Why is he separating himself from me? No, um, Apparently, it's a short guy thing. No, you did a, no, you did a, you did a very good job. So, I was, so I, what I was happy about is I have this vision for like I said, the, the funny style tour yeah, where I bring comics that are, that have been on the podcast on the road to do mm-hmm. shows. So that was kind of the first sort of version of that going out on the shows. And it's cool to me where th- there's not that many people in our scene that are at a place where they can bring 
comics out on the road to new venues they've haven't yeah. well i mean you've done bonkers before yeah mm-hmm. but matt you've never done you know stuff like that before that was my first time in a green room i was saying you pop my cherry yeah, right. <laughs> and then Dwayne was like pause yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> that was the thing where i read that and even i was like what happened in that green room like, that's... We, we, the white boys like to play with the line <laughs> a little bit you know <laughs> But it, it was cool to go out and do that and have that moment of like, all right, this is what it would look like to now. All right, I'm running around booking as many headline gigs as possible, and I'm bringing comics from our local scene with me yeah. to you know network and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will, I'll say something for you, Matt, but and I guess anyone listening in, but like where I'm at is probably like three or four years farther than you. Mm-hmm like material wise in that regard so like i'm at the point where like i can bullshit 20 minutes solid like i i have complete confidence of like oh you just need me to do 20 minutes like Mm -hmm. fine like i'll i'll crush it for 20 minutes but like when you're talking about being like kind of the in in between point between like where you're at and where chris is at it's like i have enough material that i can do 20 minutes solid but i'm also getting creatively exhausted mm-hmm. with that 20 minutes because it's like I know I you have as much t- you have half as much time as you think you have exactly so like in my head I go oh put me up coach I can do like 45 minutes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know but you have to be able to do that all the way through your material no laughs no crowd work you need to be able to cover that time right, right? Yep. you know and it's like i'm at the point where it's like realistically you know in my head i go i can do 45 minutes and i was like yeah you can do 25 to 30. so at yeah, the yeah. mic last night the unapology thing afterwards me and some of the other comics were talking and we were talking about how exciting it is to get a new joke out and have it crush and then on the flip side your old material that you've used in you know your 10 or 15 minutes or whatever that does well you kind of you don't appreciate it as much because this new one that you work that you've been working on did well and so instead of building 15 minutes you feel like you've gained you know three or four and then you start to lose three or four on the back end that's so a discipline problem yes yeah. so one of the things that i try to explain i was trying to <laughs> explain to brian even um milligan mm-hmm. was like I understand that when you start, you have material that you like and then you want to kind of change it mm-hmm. because it's like, ah, I've written better stuff or whatever. Yeah. I've made the mistake as well of just moving past certain material mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. this is just, I'm just never going to tell this again. Yeah. Which is cool. But <laughs> when you're so new, you can't really afford to do that. Yeah. Right. Because you're trying to build you're trying to build your way to 1520. You don't have to yeah. absolutely murder every second of the whole 1520, right? That is that is a, also a huge mistake. Okay. You 1000% don't have to. And again, it's it's easy to have that perception mm-hmm. when your stage time is 7 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. And you can crush for 7 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you when your stage time is 45 to an hour. Yeah. Unless you're earthquake, yeah, you got to make little you're, laughs. You're gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna have a wave to it, and then also the audience, for the most part, the audience doesn't have that kind of stamina. People aren't just gonna sit there and die, yeah, it, for an hour straight. Right. Even when you watch the specials, yeah, right. Like if you really sit down and watch like a Tom Segura special from beginning to end, yep, there are time. points <laughs> where like you will see Tom Segura just murdering bit after bit, mm-hmm. and then. 
the longer you watch it or the more intently you watch it, you go like, he's still murdering, but joke number three out of four didn't murder as hard yeah. as it did ten minutes it, ago. It's almost like as a practiced comedian, he knows that he has to give the audience a breather. And so he sets up with smaller jokes to build into a bigger one that's going to hit. You can see yeah. that you can watch the path. He, there, It's a laugh. It's a joke by itself, but it sets up into the next one and the next one. And you get this curve, and then he crushes to to end out what was like 15 minutes where he kind of gave him a break there at the beginning. They were laughing. Yeah. I, again, the, like that. Like that's the point, though, is like – when you watch the greats up there, the Chappelle's, the Rocks, you know, all of them, like, they're murdering throughout the special. Mm-hmm. But, and in our heads as comics, we go, oh, he just murdered. But if the more intently you watch the special, the more you <clears> notice, <throat> like, there are, you know, like Chris was saying, it's a wavelength, yeah. you know, like, there are little dips, there are little bumps, there are moments where it's like, Chris had them at a 10 and then he brought them down to a nine because he could and then brought it back up to a 10 and that was his dip for that five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, but they, but that was also, again, it was really healthy for me also working with Dwayne Mm -hmm. because the audience, like one thing I also, what didn't learn because it wasn't new information, but it was really smacked me in the face with it this weekend yeah was audience types yeah so this weekend was Dwayne's audience they were definitely that like is, more urban crowd yeah more urban audience but it's also it's it's orlando before yeah. right before the clubs open yeah so it's a it's a certain energy saturday it seemed pretty evenly mixed it saturday was more so than friday was friday was yeah yeah saturday had more saturday was whiter <laughs> Yeah. Now, and, so, and older. So, <laughs> yeah, well, there were some older folks. Too, here's right? the weird thing, though, is when I said urban, I was specifically talking about like urbanites, like people living in a city. Oh, okay. Nah, right, right, right. Nah, right. Yeah, not, yeah, no, no, I get it. I'm just saying, like. <laughs> This is the confusion of when we use the term urban. I want to be very clear. Uh, I don't ever use that word because I know how it sounds. <laughs> All right. But, like, to Chris's point, like, you know, the audience, like, there was definitely, like, a lot of, I would almost, like, argue, like, hippie-ish white people in, like, the Friday show. They hippie-ish? Would, yeah, I guess sort of. Yeah. And then black people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is in Dwayne's wheelhouse more so than it is in mine. Yeah. So one of the things that happens, um, and I again, that's why I that's why I love traveling because it just puts you in different. Like like last night's audience was more of a Miami style crowd, mm-hmm. where in Miami you have it, it has to be more crowd work based. Last night's audience, and ha- I mean no, not last night, oh, you okay. know, I mean, over the weekend. Okay, over yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Friday, right, and. What was cool for me was to watch Dwayne and have to follow that. Yeah. And the pressure of, I'm going to have to follow that and do more than twice the amount of time that he did. Mm -hmm. Well, not more than, but twice the amount of time that he did following that. Well, the greats talk about how they do that on purpose. They'll put a killer in front of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I much prefer that now. Absolutely. I much prefer that because now it's like, okay... If I can, if I can follow Dwayne in front of his wheelhouse of audience, mm-hmm. yeah. then I can go anywhere. If I can follow Eugene Singleton 
in his wheelhouse of audience, then I know I'm good. Arguably because when I'm in com- yeah. comic and Brevard, right? Huh? Arguably the best comic in Brevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah if if yeah. you're an idiot, you're making that <laughs> argument. But um, there, there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely something fun about being in that space of like both as like a headliner or as a feature. Like if you're the feature crushing it and then looking back and be like, follow that shit, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> or being like the headliner and then crushing and being like, I followed that shit, motherfucker. <laughs> like Well it's it's so a lot of people talk about how the feature is the best position to be in. If you talk to headliners, mm-hmm. they tell you the feature is the best spot. Feature is the best spot. Because of the pressure on the headliner? Because if there's no pressure, mm-hmm. it's a window of time where you so let let's say for example I'm featuring for, um, let's say I'm featuring for like a Dean Napolitano. Yeah. Right. It's fun for me because Dean's one of the best comics I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. I know he's going to kill following me. So my thing is I'm going to go up there and try my best to bury him as hard as I possibly can. Just because the person behind me is so good. You know he's good enough to handle yeah. whatever. And if he doesn't, it's an accomplishment yeah. for me. Yeah. So all I have to do is 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I have an hour of material. So I, there's no worry. There's no pressure to it. It's like I have to fill an amount of time that I can do with my eyes closed. And the pressure of if I, let's say you bomb as the feature. Mm-hmm. And the headliner does a great job. People don't remember it as a bad show. Right. Yeah. It was like it was a great show. That one guy, eh, but yeah. whatever. The headliner, if you suck, it's a bad, bad show. Because most pr- people paid to yeah. see yeah. the headliner. The pressure of the show is on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you crush as a feature, it's like a it's, pleasant surprise. It's a bonus. Ad. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a pleasant yeah. surprise, and it leads to more work, and it's fun and exciting. But when you're a headliner, you either do you have to either kill <laughs> or a little below kill, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they have to have a good time. You know yeah, what I mean? Cause you want the venue to have a reason to call you back. Yeah, exactly. So it was just a lot. Again, I don't, I don't get to experience pressure like that often. So it, it was, it was, this was the first time that I've been headlining a show mm-hmm. and the person that was in front of me was as strong as Dwayne is. Yeah. And it was, it, it was, it was, it was a little, it was a little unnerving mm-hmm. and then it was fun because it was like, okay, this, this is what, I've been missing for the last few months is the feeling of when I go up on stage, I have something to prove. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I go up on stage around here, I don't, there's nothing yeah. to prove. It's a real you know? knives out kind of situation. Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> it's like you, you, are, you know, like, and I, I always appreciate this because, you know, like I've gotten to work with like the Deans and the James and, you know, like those guys mm-hmm. where it's like, there's a beauty of being in those spots before doing the guest set, doing the feature or whatever, where it's just like, yeah, we're all here having fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like James, like, I don't, I don't care the fact that you guys didn't laugh for like six out of my 15 minutes. Like <laughs> James got to crush it. Like who gives a shit? Yeah. Right. But like, again, you know, as the guys underneath them, you're like, I love you, man. But just sharpening the whetstone yeah. of like, if you slip up enough, <laughs> I am going to take that spot, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I could yeah. tell I could tell how good Dwayne was going to be before he even got on stage just because of his confidence and comfortability in the green room talking to him. Mm-hmm. And before he got up, I could tell. So Dwayne is... Uh, Ken Miller's pr- 
protege. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. doing the handshake thing. Before yeah, he's the show and yeah. No, I'm telling you, when you when you work with Ken Miller, and <laughs> I have. I didn't. Oh, so you have. Birch, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he so was great. If man. you work with Ken and you work with Dwayne, you're like, oh, this is his protege. Like, not, not in a yeah. hack way. You can just tell. <laughs> yeah, he, it's the he, same school. He comes from the school of Ken Miller. Right. You can and see Qui Gon and Obi Wan yep, over here. It's the, the they're the they're the same. They're the they're the same country like they're just <laughs> country and silly and high energy big personality yeah tall skinny like they're they're i think that's one thing that uh we were talking about in the green room uh on friday but like that's one thing i think gets overlooked in like urban rooms is i think urban rooms require more energy oh than- absolutely absolutely you know what I mean? Because, like, there, there's a... And, you know, like, you can be kind of, like, slower paced or whatever, but you mm-hmm. definitely have to be, like... If you talk slow, you got to be higher energy yeah. in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And know? if you are going to be low energy, you have to be saying some shit. Yeah. Like, you have to say something that makes people fall over. Yeah. It's yeah. a very different... Like, I, I used to... I start For the longest time, and I, I, I get back to it sometimes, but I used to sit down. I used to get on stage and sit down. That was yeah. my whole thing. I would get up, I would sit down, I would take my time, and white people will sit there and patiently wait for mm. you to get into your groove mm-hmm. and for you to tell your long-form stories and all that other shit, and I started doing black rooms, and I had to stand the fuck up immediately. Yeah. <laughs> because I am. Because <clears throat> sitting down and trying to be too cool does not work in front yeah, of black people. Yeah, they don't have that time. They yeah. don't have the patience. They don't have... I was talking to, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Davis. Uh-huh. You ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. Yes. he's a comedian on social media he does a bunch of stuff he's actually he's putting out a special oh yeah. Out now. Yeah. Oh, yeah but I was talking to Ryan Davis once um, and he goes black people give you 30 seconds yeah he's like if you don't if you don't give them a solid strong joke within 30 seconds of you being on stage uh-huh. they hate you for the rest of the time you're on stage mm-hmm. they give you 30 seconds so yeah no it is <sighs> I feel that's also like when people talk about like the black community being at like the forefront of like the cool like everything cool in our society essentially uh i think that's part of the reason why is just like as a people they're like come on megan we gotta go like it's like if you ain't doing this for me now like i'm just gonna shuffle you over and bring like somebody else up on here i gotta review a couple thousand people like we gotta figure out what's time with your unfunny ass right yeah That's one thing I love about the Apollo. Yeah. I wish more stages in general had that of just like, hey man, are you not vibing with the audience? We will pull your ass off stage. Yeah. Like, well, so there's a few comics that will do that. Um, uh, Nick Souffrant, ridiculous Nick. He's a comic down in Miami. You'll okay. meet him if you start traveling Florida. Okay. Um, he he will light your ass. It, he. He when he runs shows, his thing is I have free will to light you whenever the fuck I feel Ooh. like it. And I've done shows where he's put me up, and I was supposed to do seven, uh-huh. and I'm like sweating because this was this was earlier on before I had some like a lot of material. Yeah, I'd be he put me on it for seven, I'd be at like minute twelve, being like I'm gonna fucking run out of material. I gotta get out of here. Mm-hmm. I've also seen him put people on and light them within a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. If Damn. if it's not working. You get the light. He doesn't give a yeah. shit who it is, what the situation <laughs> is. If you're bombing, you get the light. Get out. Yep. They do that at LOL, but just because they get so many comics on the open mic. Yeah. Not really. And if you're not doing well, you get the light at two minutes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. One, one of my favorite Patrice O'Neill stories is like that Kevin Hart thing. 
where like Kevin's on stage and like he's on stage and he's doing okay, but he's not killing. And Patrice just comes by and throws a phone book up on stage. He goes, <laughs> read it. It's funnier. <laughs> and, like, yeah. And, like I'm, you know, for a reason, yeah. Man. Like I'm a big believer in like iron sharpens iron, mm -hmm. you know, like I would, I would much rather go up on stage and then get off on stage and have a bunch of comics bully the shit out of me mm -hmm. to be like, what is that weak ass material you did? <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't, we don't yeah. have enough of that in, in our scene in particular. I think that. I think we do the more supportive half of that, which is healthier. Yes. <laughs> like, but I, I think that there isn't enough. And this is where I get, <laughs> I, I get my asshole tag from people love to be like, this is such a dick. But no, I, I think we are also, we allow people to be too comfortable being bad. Yeah. I think there are people who go up, suck every time, and nobody goes, look, if you're not going to get better, don't fucking come back. You need that ab yeah. abrasive encouragement sometimes. Yeah. Improve. I think you can do that in a nicer way. <laughs> no, I don't, I just, I don't say like, that to people. <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, either I, get I, better or don't come back. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, so I kind of sit like half and half between both those worlds because there are there is part of me that like hears that dude on stage that's just like hey man do us all a favor put a bullet in your mouth like yeah. just like if you ain't gonna get better like yeah. either check out earlier don't show up at all you know yeah. but like on the other hand it's like hey buddy like why don't we work on getting better material or you know like better stage presence or whatever you know what i think a lot of the guys in our scene that are getting better have is They've got that voice in their head that does that for them. Mm -hmm. The back of their head is going, this sucked, this sucked, this this is where you need to improve, and that's what's pushing them to get better and better. Like you guys were talking about energy. I know that on stage, uh, my voice and presence is usually lower energy. I don't know if it's like m too mellow. but It's not. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, it's not too mellow, but it's it's low enough that when I got on stage at the social, I don't know if it was the crowd or the size of the stage, but I don't usually walk around, but I was pacing to make sure I was getting everybody's attention. Because mm -hmm. I feel like if I stayed in one place, it was too low energy and that's, I was going to lose the people on the outskirts. That's very good to be able to learn on the fly. That's important. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's why. I wasn't sure if that was like a good thing or a bad no, thing. No, no. It's a very good doing. thing. Okay. Especially because, not to be funny, but you're small. Yeah. <laughs> so you move around. So like you're taking up the it's whole a, stage. Yeah. And there's also like a, the visual component of it of like, oh, what's he going to do next? Mm -hmm. You know, like, is he going to, yeah. he was just talking about like small hands. Is that yeah. going to, you know. He's gonna smack somebody with a small. <laughs> <laughs> the the drunk girl up front reached out for me and I smacked her hand. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but what's cool about that also, which is why I'm proud to be able to bring people along, is what you'll learn is those experiences like that leapfrog you forward in your own development. So, like for example, if if you stay in this area, and the only shows you do are pineapples and um, um what's the record shop beachside beachside yep. retro and social like those couple of things mm -hmm. a you're only going to be in front of a certain type of audience number one because our area and that's that's what i was sort of alluding to when i was talking about Dwayne. Mm -hmm. like if if you put me and Dwayne in front of a older whiter audience like a moon room crowd yeah i'll <laughs> do better than him yeah but you put put me and him in front of that audience, he's going to do better than me. Right. 
But what was cool about that for me is a number one, it's like, okay, I'm the big fish in my pond, but I need to now make sure that I'm traveling more Mm -hmm. to make sure that I become the big fish in the ocean. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But also for you, think about like, think about the comics that are in this area that don't leave this area and don't do other things. They're not going to have that experience. So the next time you go on a big stage, you're like, oh, I know to handle a big stage differently. Mm-hmm. So all experiences, especially as a comic, is just you accumulating challenges to the point where you've been through it all before. So it doesn't quite, it doesn't shake you up as much. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the difference between like before you start doing bar shows and after you start doing bar shows of like if you're in a bar and their TVs are still on, yeah. you know, oh, I have to address yeah. this distraction in the room right as opposed to like the number of times i've seen someone who's never done a bar show before get up there and not say anything about the room just, and just try to go, go into material, material. And it's like yeah they don't give a shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah that's why all those experiences are really important you know um even even the like i've i've done multiple shows now with no microphone and i've seen so many comics lose their sh- like well how are we how are we supposed to, you know, I mean, what, 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 what are we supposed to do? Project. <laughs> yeah, you just stand in the middle of the room and project your voice and move around so that you're keeping their attention and that sort of thing. I watched Jay Alvarez do that at Moonroom one time. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It cut out and he was like, all right, here we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. The only thing is you don't know what to do with your hands. I never know what to do with my yeah. hands when there's no microphone. <laughs> That's why I don't think those British comics that do it with like the, um, yes, oh, the headset. that headset thing. Yeah. I don't know how they do that because they, they're doing it like a TED talk where they're, they, yeah. they do this where they're, they yeah. cross yeah. their fingers and they're, yeah. yeah well, proper. so if you're, if you're talking about, and this is something I love about foreign comedy in general is <clears throat> you really notice what countries speak with their hands. Oh, versus and, <laughs> yeah. And like Americans don't speak with their hands as much as like the English, they, it's, it's generally like very closed body language, but like they'll still gesture mm-hmm. with like one set. If you go like look at like the Indian comics, yeah. like they're like it's everything's like a, a chest for. I don't they're, know why yeah. I'm doing a visual bit on a podcast, podcast. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, they're they're visual comics. Even if they're not visual comics, yeah. they're just right. all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. like no, a, I, like a very small thing is like uh, I I was doing a. Uh, contest entry for like Enter the Spider Verse to get like free tickets or whatever, and I noticed w- uh, when they were doing the Indian Peter Parker thing, literally the joke in there he's expressing with his shoulders and oh, his yeah. hands, <laughs> and that was one thing I was like, oh, you guys got like an actual Indian comic to write that bit. Was he, like, was he doing his head like this? <laughs> I got a couple <laughs> buddies. They do it. <laughs> Stop talking about Papali. It's rude. Uh, Papali has worked his way out of it. He's got the strong neck muscles. Way, yeah. I don't know what it's it is. The, the, the army <laughs> yeah. working out of his neck muscles. <laughs> No, it, um, oh, so back to what you were saying though about you know the the pressure to be better, mm-hmm. like what helped me when I started. I don't know if you've ever seen. Um, you ever listen to Opie and Anthony? Yes. Okay. Do you, have you ever listened to the Hack Court episodes? No. There are two episodes, and I will send them to you. Oh yes. This is so. So what ha- what made me good was when I started. I'd wanted to do comedy for years. Mm-hmm. 
I obsessively listen to Patrice O'Neill stuff over. I, I literally, I mean, I have hours and hours and hours of Patrice O'Neill stuff saved, like in my old phone and computer and stuff. Um, but one of the things that got me good when I started was these episodes are called Hat Court. And what they did was one of the comics would bring in a tape of like their early stuff mm-hmm. and they would play it for a room full of comics and they shit on that person for 45 oh, minutes God. straight. Oh man, that hurts just <laughs> to hear the description of so it. So it's like, so the, the, the only two episodes I think that made it that they actually did and there are recorded out there to watch mm-hmm. is Jim Norton and Rich Voss. So it's like Rich Voss is playing a tape from, um, I think Bananas is the name of the club or something like that. Yeah. And it's Patrice O'Neill, Jim Norton, Bob Kelly, um, of course, Opie and Anthony. And I think there might have been one more person. I think Colin Quinn might have been there or something like that. So like a murderer's row. Yeah. (laughs) They they picked apart the clothes he was wearing. They picked apart his material. (laughs) They picked apart his teeth. They picked apart his hair. (laughs) They just, just every, and literally it was one of those things where they would, they would, they'd play the tape. Mm Mm-hmm. He would get one. He would get to a punchline. They would pause it. They would shit on that joke. They'd press play before again. Before he got to the punchline, or at before right he at, got to the oh punchline, he would do the punchline. They would shit on it again. They'd press play. He'd get into the premise of the next joke, uh-huh. and they'd shit on the premise. <laughs> like it was wouldn't even give him a chance to build momentum. In the I, I, I want to say it was twenty minutes of <laughs> oh material. They shit on him for like an hour and fifteen minutes. Holy <laughs> shit, man! And it, but what it did was. When I was writing for the, before I ever stepped on stage and I was writing material for the first time, those are the voices that are like in the back of my Made head. You conscious, mm-hmm. yeah. Every little thing that they yeah ripped on, you're like, all right, don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. So in it in psychology, what you're talking about is a thing called like a a blind trust circle, and is that uh if you have a group of people who you feel comfortable enough with. Mm-hmm when you're seeking feedback for like leadership positions or like for development, it is often a good thing to have a circle of people to put forth an idea or put forth yourself too. Because in our heads, it like psychologically, we tend to tune out if one person focuses a critique because it's like, oh, that's just Chris. But if a group agrees but if on a it. Group, yeah, agrees on it. You're like, well, now I have seven people saying. What helps is a lot of times I do that on stage. <laughs> the entire crowd is giving me that negative yeah. feedback. But they're not criticizing your material. <laughs> they're not us going like, is he doing the baby hands thing yeah. again? <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, well, that's, I love that joke, right? <laughs> I'm actually going to be posting that clip. But what it but what it did was it didn't make me better, yeah. but it made me it raised my bottom. Meaning there's certain just really hacky shitty stuff that mm-hmm. I just don't I don't have the stomach mm-hmm. to do because I know if Rich Voss were here, mm-hmm. he would tell me I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a loser for doing this joke. I should quit comedy if you're gonna do this garbage shit on stage every yeah. Night. You know, so it just and that's one of the other things where I don't and I have these again, some of the stuff that I say is come across as like a, a douchebag. <laughs> but I don't mean it that way. Um He totally wh- means it that <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that I do is I I don't I don't 
How do I say this? <laughs> I don't view the other comics as my peers. Okay. Um, I view... <clears throat> I view Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Patrice O'Neill, Kevin Hart. Those are my peers in terms of comparison-wise, right? So I don't watch – like when I when I watch comedy specials, mm-hmm. if it's not the best of the best or if it's not highly recommended by someone, I won't watch it mm-hmm. because I feel like I don't want to – I don't want to watch an Amy Schumer special and be like, oh, this is what good comedy is mm-hmm. because she has a Netflix special and sh- they paid her millions of dollars to do that. Right. That must be good because that's going to lower my standard mm-hmm. of what good comedy is. If the only stuff that I watch is Chappelle, Chris Rock, Richard Pryor, Ali Sadiq, mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld, like the greats. Then when I'm thinking about jokes, as ideas are passing through my brain, the only things that I'm going to pick up on are going to be the things that are of a higher caliber writing wise. Right. You know what I mean? So that helps you hold yourself to a higher standard. You're yes. Not, yeah. You're not necessarily <laughs> belittling everyone else. No. Yeah. That, that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah okay. That's be- fair. Well, because thank you for white splitting. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, thank no, you. No, it's like, <laughs> for the white people <laughs> that are like. <laughs> Asshole. What is, who does he think he is with the greats? <laughs> no, but, Matt, just roll it out like a PR podium. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, what Mr. Robinson meant to say. Well, <laughs> as soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew this was going to happen. But no, it, it, but it matters, especially being in a small area like Melbourne. Yeah. Because it's very easy to get comfortable feeling like the top dog. The top dog yeah. in Melbourne, Florida. Yeah. The top dog in Melbourne, Florida is a nobody. Right. You know what I mean? So you, you should never be the big fish in a small pond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is why, like I said, I my next thing is I have to be on the road. Mm-hmm. I cannot continue to go to the local open mics. I cannot continue to go to all that stuff because the last few months, like I said, I've been feeling like that and it's been depressing. Yeah. This yeah. weekend was a huge. I was like, oh, this is why I've been depressed because mm-hmm. I need to be in new places with comics that are going to give me a hard time. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and have to feel that pressure. Um, There's nothing more exciting to me than going to a new venue and being able to put all my stuff together. My killer jokes that everyone's heard 10, 12 times <laughs> that I can now piece together into a set and bring to a new audience that nobody's ever seen me before and do well. Exactly. It's, uh, it's such a good feeling. Mm-hmm. There is something magical about being like, I crushed my hometown and then I flew to the other side of the world and still crushed. Yep. Yeah, I don't like, think I can say that. I can. <laughs> I drove like, two hours away and I did pretty good. Like, <laughs> like, but like for real, the thing that you guys are talking about, like there, like again, there's something uniquely magical about that new experience. Yeah. Like you know, I harp on the story all the time, but like getting to go perform comedy in Tokyo mm-hmm. and like crushing with jokes to be like. I did this bit, and a Japanese dude who's <laughs> never seen a Walmart was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, or, like, getting the riff with, like, a bunch of, like, people in, like, Thailand to be like, oh, cool. Like, I have to avoid government censors. But, like, I still managed to talk about being biracial in a nation where, like, I'm probably the closest thing to a black guy you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like the great value yeah. black guy <laughs> that you got. Like, <laughs> yeah, the next step below you is Filipino, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that was one of the weirdest things. I'd be like, do you guys have racism here? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's just like a wall of Asian faces. I've, I've, been, told, <laughs> I've been told it gets pretty aggressive over there. <laughs> but one thing, so for every comic that's listening, I will definitely recommend. I'm going to send these to you. Cool. Which I, it sounds like you've already yeah, heard that stuff, dude, right? I love that. Yeah. So Hack Court. Look okay. For the Hat Court with Jim Norton, and there's one with Rich Voss. Now, if you listen to that, you're going to realize how terrible this podcast is in comparison. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I it, think you mean in comparison to a professionally done radio yeah. program? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it's one of those things where it it puts everything into perspective. Mm-hmm. And hearing those guys that are that funny and that brutally honest with each other yeah. is, I man, I think it's healthy, and. I mean, even stuff like it's goofy, but Ken Miller does it. Ken Miller, when you go out to do a show, Ken's like, if you bomb, don't come home. Yeah. yeah. He says it to people all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, there's a certain, there's a certain, there's a certain level of excellence, right? In this that we want to kind of maintain everyone to. Mm-hmm. Now, in our, in our scene now, what's really cool is that everyone's hungry on their own. Yeah. In their own individual right. They don't really need to be. Mm-hmm pushed in that way mm-hmm. because everyone's really working hard and i think that just kind of naturally happens because there's a group of guys that are they're that all working hard it makes it easier to travel when we're like hey you want to come with us to this mic and yeah kinda, everyone's going oh if they went to a mic and i stayed home now i feel like i'm missing out or i'm right falling behind so i gotta exactly. up with these guys and go do this like we're yeah. all I, indirectly pushing each other the yeah. only thing i wish we were hungry about in this scene would be starting things like locally yeah, like I, w- I wish there were more people out there going like, let's start an open mic or let's start a room or let's start a show. And making like money. That. Yes. That's the other piece. Mm-hmm. One of the issues that we have here in our scene, and to be fair, our scene is still very, it, it's not young, but it's a new crop of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the other thing that we need is we've got too many free shows. Too many, A, too many free shows, and B, too many shows that are free that are very good shows. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. what it does is it means that you don't have to pay for comedy locally. That's the you know it, that's this the goes energy. back to what you were talking about the last time I was on, where you're talking about the difference of like expectations. Exactly. Like, oh, this is five dollars to get in versus this is some free. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we already had this whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people are worried about getting lighter crowds because of it. Well, I think the other thing is, and this is this is one area where the where the Melbourne scene is weak. Mm-hmm. It's we've got a decent group of comics, but everybody's brand new. Mm-hmm. So there's a it's m- me, Eugene, Duncan, Rafiq, Jimmy, mm-hmm. um, and then everybody else is like new, new, like brand new, uh, like under six a year. Or less. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, Jimmy's already run in two rooms. Um, Rafiq's not doing a room, but you're working on one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Eugene's already doing a room. I'm not doing a room, but I'm starting to work on one. Um, so there aren't that many experienced comics. Oh, Anthony Papali. Anthony Anthony Papali yeah. is running a room? No, no, no. He's not running a room. I thought you were talking about the, the experienced comics we have oh, on the yeah, scene. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but even Anthony, he's new to the area. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. So I don't know how comfortable he would be just starting a show just because he doesn't know that many people around he's here. He's moving to Austin yeah, exactly. in, in October. So, yeah, yeah. 
or I don't know if it's Austin for sure. I think yeah. it's Austin. It, it, it Texas. better be Austin. <laughs> <laughs> it better be Austin. If he's going anywhere, it if better he's, be, yeah. Talk, talk about um, hat cord. If he moves anywhere but Austin, <laughs> we will be <laughs> shitting on him on this podcast in a way that he has that never been shit on before. He's, you like, think, I, he's you, like, I can commute. It's like 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. away. It's like, if, if it ain't you Austin. Think, <laughs> if you think Gandhi was shit on, oh, whoa, hey. this Indian kid yeah. is going to get torn apart fair, fair. Yeah. if he does not, if he moves to Texas, but it's not Austin. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that'll be the next step. That'll be the next step, getting more paid work locally. That'll be the next thing that we have to do around here. Mm-hmm. And I, guess, I get it. It's hard. Yeah. Because how do you go to a venue and go, Hey, this conceptual thing, we're going to charge you this much. Yeah. It's very difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. However, how you do it is you start a show. Once it gets so, my understanding is um, uh, Muggsy's, for example, mm-hmm. is now strong every week. Yep. Now's the time to hold, hold it over their head, you know, which sounds rough, yeah. but th- I mean, essentially, that's what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, look, at this point, we're bringing in, you know, way more than whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if they get paid. I don't know if there's a budget for Muggsies. I don't know. Uh, uh, I believe I believe there is. Yeah, I okay. believe. Uh, Alex yeah. has been handling it very well, very business-minded. Mm-hmm. That's why it's grown as, as well as it had. Yeah. Um, the, point, the point is, is that the state in which it's in, mm-hmm. to go, okay, Muggsies is bring let's say an additional five thousand dollars worth of business every week let's just okay. put that well, number out yeah there. that's a strong Random. number yeah okay. it's a strong number <laughs> <laughs> it was like let's let's I, say we're bringing in 15 yeah. million dollars drinks right. and food <laughs> it, it's still a, a massive amount compared to what they were getting right. with the karaoke I, again, game I, i'm just had. saying five thousand for a reason yeah right? yeah, yeah. I, let's say you're bringing in five thousand every week mm-hmm. That's when you go, okay, we are doing this show every week, bringing in $5,000. So why don't you give us either another night in which we can do a paid show? Mm -hmm. So you take some of that money from that $5,000, like, hey, just give us an extra thousand out of that five thousand we have a proven track record of the show and they'll spend that thousand five hundred on advertising five hundred on the comics and now you have a page like monthly show or you go hey we're bringing in 5k every week why don't you give us more leeway to do a longer show or to do well i would be like we're bringing in 5k every week give us five hundred dollars a week yeah. yeah, and we're going to add a paid guest spot at the end of the show, Where so it'll be the same the proceeds from that. Yeah, yeah. Where, well, it'll be it'll be the same open mic that you see, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the mic, or you, there's two ways to do it. You can do it at the end or at the beginning, but mm-hmm. we're gonna actually pay a comic, so we bring in a really strong comic to do 30 minutes at the end. Right. Right. You know. And then we would definitely limit the amount of open micers we had before that. Absolutely. Because yeah. it gets, yeah, we, it gets stacked. Yeah. But it elevates the level of the show at that point. Mm-hmm. All right. You and know? then you, once you, once that version gets bigger and bigger and bigger, then you can start doing things like, hey, you know, like you see, we were crushing it with this new format. Yeah. Why don't you give us more money and we'll bring in your Carlos Mencia or your, Ken Miller's or your, you know, Dean Napolitano's to do a professional show, mm-hmm. you know. And then what you can also do is, and that's one thing that I do really like that Alex is doing. He's like you said, he's very running it, very business like. Mm-hmm. 
if you sort of gather your analytics <laughs> from the shows. He's been yeah, he's been right? doing that. You can then go to the next venue and go, hey, over here they had a Thursday night, it was dead. Right, they were making numbers. you know that's X exactly amount of money what he's doing. And we took it from X amount of dollars every Thursday to this amount of dollars every Thursday. Mm-hmm. We want to do your room on a Friday, you know, or a Wednesday. What's a like what's a slow night for you that we could yeah. then turn into a busy night for you and we can bring yeah. in X amount of money. And then because it's a proven concept that we've done somewhere else this is what the pay starts at. Yeah. And then once we get it to a certain point, this is what the pay gets matures to. to. Mm-hmm. This is so like, this is a thing that I've talked with you about before, but like when I was trying to start shows previously, I would show up with a pamphlet that had like a bronze, silver, gold package. Yeah. I'm working on yeah. that right you now know. for the room I want to do. Yeah. Oh, which, nice. You know, which is like, Hey man, this is like the average bump up in numbers. Oh yeah, we did talk about that. The, last like time. you know, your silvers are your or your bronze are your open mics. Your silvers are your showcases. Cream of the your crop from the open your, mics. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like if you pick one of these, you pay us the money, yeah. and we'll start a thing. Yeah, you know, it's just difficult to put yourself out there mm-hmm. to do it because you are going to face rejection. I'm going to say like ninety percent, yeah, of the time. nine to ten times out of ten. Yeah. yeah. The other thing yeah. is we've we've made our own improvements to the venue at Muggsy's. I I mounted lighting so that yeah. we now have fixed lighting up high, out of the way, on the stage. It's run by remote. It changes color, all that. I think Alex ran um, some wires. They're not behind the wall or anything, but he's got speakers closer to the back so the people mm-hmm. in the back near the bar can still hear really well. I see. So you yeah. add to your pamphlet like this this whole thing comes yeah. with little white slaves right. <laughs> that show up. I, dude, I came out and, and did build it for free your... <laughs> because it helped the venue. Yeah. And it only took me like 30 minutes to mount a couple of lights, but yeah. the, the, it's the time and the and the equipment. The real used. talk that like and this is not just about comedy, this is about people in general. The real talk is most people are bad at business. Mm-hmm. Most people are very bad at business. So when you can show proven numbers to be like, hey, doing this comedy night, it like it resulted in a 10% increase in business. Yeah. You know, it helps a venue go from like, <clears throat> we don't really know what to do to, oh, there's a lighthouse in the distance. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, like, comedy can do that with the venues by and large. It's just, again, it's difficult because you show up to someone who doesn't really know business and you go, hey, this is why you should have us as part of your business. And they go, eh, I'll pass. <laughs> well, here, well, here's the other thing that I think, you know, and I need to, we need to just do this. I need to, so if we can, if, if you're listening to this podcast, Please follow these next instructions. <laughs> when I started the um, Space Coast Comedy page, so not not the group where the comics talk in the group, mm-hmm. but there was an actual like page, mm-hmm. right? When the way that we grew that, because I think people don't really realize that group has like I think at this point it's like sixteen hundred followers or something like that. It's a decent amount of people for if you're putting on a show to be able to advertise mm-hmm. into that Facebook page. Yeah, um, the way that we grew that quickly in the beginning was you know how you can invite up to 500 people back then we had all of the comics invite 500 people whoa and it went from nothing to 16 1700 in a matter of days mm-hmm. yeah you know now we have an entire new <laughs> round of comics mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and every single comic in this scene needs to invite 500 people because it won't let you invite somebody that's already following the page. So gotcha. invite 500 people that live in this area to like that page because what it does is, I mean, if you take that page from 1500 to 3500 to 5000, mm-hmm. that's going to make anyone in this area who wants to start a mic or a showcase or anything, it's just going to give us a stronger and stronger option of a way to market yeah. that stuff. To people that want to see to it. People that, exactly. People yeah. that are fans of the comedy scene. And then the next thing, um, and I don't know if I've discussed this here before, and then we got to get out of here. All right. But um, the Funky Dog Improv, which is where I, I, one of the places where I want to do a show. Yep. What the Funky Dog is, it's a small improv theater that is owned. It's a nonprofit, and it's owned by the improv artists. So they actually pay like dues or fees or however it works. And because they also, let's say, let's say there's 20 of them and they're all paying a hundred bucks a month, you know, that's two grand a month that pays your rent for the space. And you're able to run your little improv thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think is a really cool model. I, I think stand up comedians are too dysfunctional as people <laughs> to commit to something for like that, that to work yeah. for stand up yeah. comedians. <laughs> But it would be fairly easy for 20 comics to come together, each pay 100 bucks a month. It'd probably have to be a little more. They're probably like 150. Yeah. 300, something like that. Yeah, but, what, you, what you want is you want every comic to spend about 10 to $15. <laughs> so, like. But what they're able to do is now they have that venue and they put on those shows, and those shows now are selling enough tickets to where it now pays for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be fairly easy if we were to build this like Facebook group, for example, to a certain size where anything we want to do we put it out to this facebook group mm-hmm. or this facebook page i keep saying group put out to this facebook page and it's packed just because we've amassed 5000 of Brevard County's comedy fans that are following this facebook page right if we ever decided to open a club we could keep it open at all we could keep it packed at all times yeah or if we ever wanted to go to say gregory's mm-hmm. and go hey gregory's give us a local comedy scene night where it's you know they have thursday friday saturday shows maybe we do a wednesday show or a sunday show or a sunday show where it's the locals and we run it through that and pack out gregory's now you're bringing something of value to an established club that's in the area yeah and the next thing you can do (laughs) is because we've done this in the past we've done a um a space coast takeover of the orlando improv where it was a whole bunch of local comics, me, Eugene, Duncan, Paige, Christian Moore, it was a bunch of the Space Coast comics, and we went over and did the main room at the Improv, and it was just us that night. Mm-hmm. We could do that as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Commun- it gives you power. <clears throat> Communal action brings results. The problem, as always, though, is getting the community together in the first place. You know, like you're talking about getting every comic to invite 500 people you know, it's like that's building an email list. That's building yep. names of people that you can invite. But yeah. the problem is, is like you always need one person to kind of spearhead the charge. And that's the biggest problem in comedy is because we're all as much as this is a individual sport. It's also a community sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it's very hard to be like who's the captain and everybody raises their hand <laughs> yeah. or nobody raises their yeah. hand, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. So if you're, if, if you're listening to this, whatever comedy scene you're a part of. Now, I, I have heard of um, somebody told me, I don't remember who told me this, but the Tampa comedy scene, it might have been you. Yeah. The Tampa, yeah, it was you. That the Tampa comedy scene is strictly comics. They don't want the proletariat yeah, the, on that page. Yeah, the, the Tampa comedy Facebook group is specifically, we don't have bookers in here. We just have comics, you know, mm-hmm. because it's a place for them to go, hey, we're doing an open mic. Hey, we're doing a show. Hey, we're doing this without having to worry of like, oh, you insulted Bob. <laughs> well, guess what? Bob is also Bobby Jewel from Side Splitters. <laughs> Good luck ever getting on stage. Yeah. You know. But what I think is important that every scene has a a page that the scene is in control of where the public can see comedy advertised. Yeah, you know what I mean? and Tampa does have that yeah. as well. So if you are listening to this, whatever scene you are in, the next time you're on the toilet taking a shit or sitting on a bus or laying in bed with nothing to do, yeah. just take the time to run through the, your invite, You know, go to that page and invite 500 people. It's worth a you know Google I mean? at the very least to see if that thing is in your community yeah. yeah and if not be the one to start that thing yeah what's the exact name of the page um space coast comedy scene i think it's okay. space coast comedy scene but um yeah so be- because i'm telling you if i mean think about it this scene we have 20 comics yeah you know comfortably yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 comics times 500 is what Ten thousand. yeah right and if, if of that ten thousand. 10% of them you know actually go through the process I'd probably give it higher than that yeah I, so th- this is something I actually learned in my marketing classes in college the numbers are actually far lower than that it the, uh, responses yeah. are usually about one to two percent for most marketing advertising but, but just liking a Facebook page is higher than that and eh, not by much when we did it it was a lot higher uh, than that yeah but the point is though is that the majority of people even on like a one to two percent return, the majority of people who do respond, especially over like a concurrent cycle of things, significantly increases output. So if you have twenty people invite five hundred, mm-hmm. if only one percent even, like yeah, <laughs> if only five people out of each of those twenty people say yes, you now have a much more significant boost. To traffic than you did prior to nobody right you know it's the thing of like you know it's the comedy thing of like i would much rather be in a room with two people who really want to be there versus a room that's jam-packed of nobody wanting to oh, be absolutely there. we yeah. had that exact thing you at know? lizette's uh we had we had four people but all four of them were excited to be there they were interacting with the show like it was a really good that's crowd a great Lizette's crowd. Yeah. So good. It was. They were fantastic. We yeah. were playing with them a little bit. Yeah. They were paying very good attention. We kind of we waited until they were done ordering, so that way they weren't we weren't <laughs> yeah. fighting the waitress for attention. It was great. It was a good show. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, and like this, like to whatever audience is listening in right now, you know, it's the this is <clears throat> your weekly call to action. Like whatever show you're doing, we should do that. Yeah, you know whatever show you're doing, like whatever group you're in, Mm -hmm. like make an effort to actually invite people out to do a thing. Like don't just go on Facebook and post to your wall a general hey doing a comedy show on 
blah, 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 you should come out. Like, go, like, hey, Bob, mm-hmm. what are you doing this weekend? Like, do you want to go out and have a good time? Because you should come out to this show. Yeah. Hey, Lisa, what are you doing this weekend? I know you ain't got jack shit to do since the divorce. Like, you should come out. <laughs> like. <laughs> All right. So, let me see. You have anything this week? Yeah, I got a couple things. All um, right, cool. So tomorrow, you and I are doing the social WTF distance. Wednesday at yep. Social Distance. Um, the following Wednesday is the inaugural voyage of the Asking for a Friend comedy show. We're going to be doing that out at Space Swap. Me, Jimmy Moynihan, and Anthony Papali. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that show. I can't wait to see what happens because it's going to be just improv chaos. So excited. <laughs> uh, on the first, right after that, I'll be doing a guest spot at the Blind Lion. Um, the eighth is when we're doing um, Lizette's. I'll be hosting that show where people oh, be on that June, show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, June 8th, right? And then June 15th, I'm doing a guest spot at Juggernauts on the Juggernaut show at Laugh Out Lounge. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Rafi, you got anything? Yeah, I mean, I don't... So if we're going into June, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know. I wasn't sure yeah. how far to go. I was yeah, like, yeah. It's a couple weeks. Yeah. So I, I got the eighth. I'm doing that. And then the following weekend, I'm going to be out at Gregory's uh, hosting. Oh, um, awesome. So you spoke so, to Carmen? Yeah. So, you know, the, as yeah. we're talking about at the start of this, you know, it's, Reach a, out. it's a audition, you know, to be like, hey, maybe you should book me for other shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I will give you um, some information about working there. Next thing, I have social distance, which is Wednesday the 24th, which is tomorrow. This coming weekend, I might, I'm going to be in Virginia. I might try to hit something while I'm in Virginia. I'm not sure. After that, I have London House in Orlando on the 31st. On the 1st, I I made a very, very big scheduling mistake, and I booked myself for two shows. So I will be fixing that tonight because I really fucked that up. So oh, I'll let you guys a, know. They need a feature for one yeah, of those yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Slide on in, man. <laughs> and then um, that weekend, which is the 3rd and the 4th, I'm going to be um, headlining Alex Soto's new club. It's called The Joke Joint. Um, Where's that's, that at? Um, that's, it's out towards the villages area okay. um very very cool actually while i'm while i'm here let me just look it up so i can actually give that address i have on the eighth i have a show with helmut and then um jenny gonzo has a show on the ninth i'm going to be featuring for um jake clark so that'll be a fun one that'll be another i'm going to try and bury jake as best i can and see how he does <laughs> <laughs> Swim, motherfucker! <laughs> oh, I forget what movie that's from. It's such a great scene of like, it, it it's an old school film, but it's like kid talking about trying oh, to learn how to swim. It's John Wayne, isn't is it? it? Yeah, um, it might he's be. Saying that I don't know how to swim. Oh, and he chucks and then the he kid chucks in the, him the lake. Yeah. <laughs> and then the woman's like, he doesn't know how to swim. And John Wayne was like, well, then go save him. She's yeah. like, well, I don't know how to swim. <laughs> and then he looks at her sideways. And she <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So the joke joint. Let me grab where the actual address is. Oh, come on. Don't tell me I can't find this. This is a brand new club? This is a brand new club. Started just, I think, a couple months ago by Alex Soto. Hell He's yeah. a booker out towards the villages area. Does he have an, any intention of doing smaller shows or like showcases, mics, anything like that? Oh, I'm sure he does. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. He I'll does be looking into that then. All kinds of stuff. So, 
Summerfield, Florida. The joke joint out in Summerfield, Florida. So that should be a lot of fun. Alex is booked. Alex is actually the... Is he? I think he's probably the first person, period, to book me to headline a show. Okay. Awesome. So I'm really grateful to be able to do his club, and it's cool to be able to support. Sounds like a guy who yeah. makes good decisions. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. This guy's... <laughs> All right. Here we go. So thank you guys so much. This has been the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Robinson. Good evening. <laughs>